Welcome to What's Next, Hornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hello and welcome to What's Next. I'm your host, David Asker, and today with me are two experts in real estate strategy and location work, Francisco Ocoba and Darren Bulo. And we're going to be discussing the topic, what kind of organization are you? This will be the first in a six-part series that we'll be using to talk about how companies can return to their physical workplaces post-COVID-19. Francisco and Darren, welcome. David, thanks. Thank you. For our listeners today, could you please give us a brief overview of your background? Francisco, why don't we start with you? Sure, Dave. Thanks for uh, taking the time to to uh, meet with us today. Uh, so um, I'm a managing director with Deloitte uh, based in New York, uh, and I lead our real estate and location strategy uh, practice in the U.S. Um, been working in the corporate real estate uh, field now for uh, about the last 25 years uh, across a variety of industries and sectors, and, and also that includes uh, the, the public sector as well. Great. Darren? Thanks, Dave. Great to be with you and Francisco. Uh, Darren Bulow, uh, partner at, at Deloitte Consulting, and I've been with the firm for 23 years in our real estate and location strategy practice. I focus on all aspects of footprint optimization, uh, portfolio strategy, location strategy, and site selection. And during these uh, strange and weird COVID times, I've been doing a lot of, of, of work around workplace and workforce uh, re-entry optimization, and really what our what our company is going to do with with these offices, a topic that both Francisco and I have have a, a lot of experience in. Great. Well, you know, it, it seems as organizations start to get ready to head back, the first thing that they would need to do is understand what kind of organization they are, right? Because that is probably a key driver of their types of space. So in determining that, what are the things they should be thinking about as they start to determine what kind of organization are they going to be moving forward? I'll take that one first, Dave. It's, it's a really good question because culture drives workplace. At least that's the way it should be. It shouldn't be the other way around. Where workplace shouldn't necessarily drive, drive the culture that you may or may not want. And, and so what we're seeing in, in COVID times is different kind of different messages from companies about how they think about the workplace. Maybe if we could call them workplace archetypes. And uh, the, the dimensions of those, those archetypes would be how much choice uh, in a, a company is going to give its employees about where and how they work. And also another dimension is where do these employees want to do their work? Do they want to continue to work from home full-time? Do they want to be hybrid and kind of work sometimes in the office, sometimes at home, or do they want to return to office completely? And these three different styles of companies are really emerging, traditionalist, progressive, and visionary. The traditionalist work type of company, this is a company that has a culture that's very office-based. They really don't expect to give their employees a lot of choice about uh, work from home or, or hybrid models. They, they really expect their, their employees to come back to office when this is all over with. Uh, the second archetype is the progressive. These are companies that have expressed that they've learned a lot during the, the COVID pandemic. They've, they are listening to their employee surveys that are coming back and saying, 
there could be upwards of a third to even two thirds of the employees who either want to work from home or work hybrid some days at home in a, in a given week. So the progressive archetype is a company culture where they wanna give their people a lot of choice. They'll have spaces for people who want to work in office, different kinds of spaces, uh, collaboration spaces, innovation spaces, heads down spaces. They'll also allow uh, for work from home and hybrid models. And then the third archetype is what we what we are labeling the visionaries, and and these are companies that are really pretty far out there, and they're they're thinking about the purpose of office. They envision that the office will only be a place where people gather infrequently, and once in a while, where where an employee will will perhaps want to come into office to do a coaching session or a training that they're not going to do over Zoom or WebEx. Maybe they'll they'll want to have a meal with with a group of of colleagues or do an innovation session. So those employees will come to the office for the, that kind of activity and spend their day there and then commute home and the company might not see them again for three or four or five weeks and they're okay with that. So the visionaries are really thinking about getting rid of uh, or downsizing a, a, a significant amount of square footage. So these are the three workplace archetypes of different styles of companies all driven from culture. What kind of a culture are they gonna enable with their employees? Yeah. And, and they have a couple of things to maybe to add to Darren's comments. You know, we, while we have seen some um, alignment or you know, similarities across industry or sector, um, to Darren's point, it certainly is coming very much down to the individual company's approach to work going forward. Um, you know, the, one of the most interesting things that we're seeing is how certain organizations are holding steadfast to the way they did things in the past uh, and how other organizations, um, in some cases, surprisingly, uh, have, have really changed their approach. And the, the fact that their, their population has been largely working remotely for the better part of the last year has opened up a new uh, you know, set of horizons about how they should think about work and the workplace. Uh, and they have actually potentially progressed or migrated from from a traditionalist to more of a progressive uh, or, one of the, or another category, right? So each organization is very much going on their own journey um, in, in, these, uh, in these discussions. Um, but uh, you know, what's interesting is that everyone is going through a process of really analyzing, you know, where are they gonna, um, where are they gonna be working and how they're gonna be using the workplace uh, going forward. Yeah, and that would seem to be confirmed by a recent Deloitte um, Fortune survey in which 76% of the CEOs said that their companies will need less office space post-pandemic. What are your thoughts on this? Well, Dave, you know, that, that finding, uh, which, which was uh, in 2020 when we did that survey with Fortune magazine, we followed that up with, with an additional round of questions with the CEOs in January of 2021. So, so in that uh, more recent survey, even the CEOs came back and said that on average, by 2022, they expect their office footprint needs to be 26% smaller than what it was pre-pandemic. And, and what was interesting about the, the survey questions and the responses was the, the differences between different industry sectors. Some of the industry sectors like uh, industrials and consumer business, the, the percent reduction in office space by those CEOs was fairly small, you know, 10, 
would be would be an average. But in other sectors, in in technology and especially in financial services, the the percent reduction was even greater. So seeing upwards of of 30 percent, 35 percent is the expected reduction in, in office space. And and I think what we're seeing is a manifestation of the realization by these CEOs that that things may have changed in a secular way through COVID, that, that the employee surveys are coming back uh, with a, a significant number, a significant percentage of, of employees wanting to continue this long-term. Doesn't mean that everybody does. In every company, there are people that wanna come back to office. Also in every company, there's people who don't wanna come back to office and then a whole lot of people in between. And so these CEOs are, are becoming more aware of this and, and seeing that the opportunity especially because pre-COVID, the average American office property was only occupied between 60 and 70% on any particular day. There was already structural vacancy in the office. And so, so they're coming around to this notion that, that they might be able to do with less office space post-pandemic. Gotcha. And if we're gonna use less space, how do we start to plan for that? I mean, what are our first steps that an organization would need to start to undertake to, to plan for that? Well, one of the things that we've been talking to a lot of clients about is uh, the fact that they shouldn't, don't jump to a conclusion about how space is going to be used without really taking a step back and, and, and doing some analysis around around the work and your workforce. Um, you know, in, in, in the current times, the one thing we know right now is that there are a lot of unknowns, right? So we are telling people don't necessarily go out and Start making big decisions about your footprint and how much space you need, and you know unless there's a particular um, you know market event or situation that you have to address relative to your portfolio, uh, this now is not necessarily a time to start you know making some some big moves. Well, really take a time to understand how you're going to be using your space going forward. So so taking a step back, thinking about the organization, decomposing your workforce into various groupings and understanding how job roles or job functions will be um, using space and technology uh, going forward. How will they be collaborating in person uh, or virtually? Uh, understanding all these different factors and characteristics will help determine the amount of space that's gonna be required going forward. That said, it's also only going to be indicative because to Darren's point, a certain portion of the population will continue to work from home and is able to do so appropriately and productively. Another portion of the population does need to be in the workplace physically uh, because of their, because they're tied to infrastructure or because they need to, to work with others uh, in person, or in some cases, they don't have the right environment to be able to effectively work remotely. The middle group, that group in, in the middle, that's uh, the hybrid group, right? They're going to be working from home anywhere from one to four days a week and anything in between. And that may change in a given week, right? Over and, and over time. So given that significant variability in that middle group, um, we yet don't know what the impact is going to be to space demand. Um, so, you know, number, number one, you really need to do that analysis and establish a baseline for demand and then over time, you'll be able to, to evolve that, add to it, and refine your, your, your analysis so that you can, at a later point in time, make some decisions around additional 
types of space, re reductions in certain types of space, the, the, the composition of your overall footprint and portfolio, uh, et cetera. So Francisco has a follow-up question. It sounds like once you know your organization's culture uh, and then you start to do the planning, it sounds like you need to then do an ongoing follow-up of tracking and collecting data right. uh, to make sure that we don't reduce space too quickly or reduce the wrong kind of space too quickly. Can you give us a little bit more insight on how someone might go about that? Sure, and, and that's really a, one of the, the keys here, David. So once the population does begin to come back to the office, uh, and that's, you know, we're understanding anywhere from three months to six or nine months from now or, or longer for some companies at this point. Um, but when they start coming back into the office, they need to start tracking how space is being used and who is using what types of space and when um, and what technology is being leveraged in, in the office. So uh, the concept of, of, of uh, leveraging, you know, IOT uh, and other, you know, next gen technologies to be able to track occupancy and utilization and uh, density patterns uh, and so forth in the office is gonna be very important because you're gonna to want to be collecting that data uh, over the next you know, six plus months um, or longer and then figure out, okay, based on this actual utilization information, right? And insight, how do I make decisions about the portfolio going forward? But again, to, be, to do that without um, some of this actual use data, um, you know, you're, you're in many cases just making informed guesses about what the portfolio needs to look like going forward, right? So it can be a very costly, certainly from a, you know, both a capital and a, an OPEX perspective, um, if you're gonna be making some of those decisions and without some, 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 some grounded facts. Gotcha. You know, I think uh, one of the things that COVID has demonstrated is that external factors can have a huge impact on how space is used and how organizations perform. What can uh, organizations do so that their portfolio can respond to be a little bit more dynamic, not so static? You know, what kind of factors do they need to be thinking about or what kind of approach could they take to have a more dynamic portfolio? Well, I'll jump in here, Dave. Uh, so, so the first thing is just to reemphasize what Francisco just said, now is not the time to try to fly blind with real estate data. You're going to need better data, more data, different kind of data in order to, to maintain agility and, and have an optimal portfolio, just as Francisco uh, illuminated and detailed. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I would expect a lot of companies in order to maintain flexibility and agility will be looking uh, to shorter lease terms, in, at least in the near term. The, those facilities that they're planning to, to occupy and the leases are coming up or they're renegotiating, uh, I, I don't I don't foresee a lot of companies signing up for 20-year, 25-year, 15-year, maybe not even 10-year leases, looking at threes and fives, at least as we kind of try to get settled out and we know what steady state looks like. Third, I would expect greater use of co-working space, again, in the, in the coming years, as companies want to maintain flexibility. And that's one of the big advantages of the, of the co-working providers is their flexibility on term, their flexibility on square footage. And then, and then fourth, and maybe, maybe most important, is companies, in order to be agile and flexible, they really need to soul search about what is the purpose of our office. 
Why do our people need to come into the office? What kind of experiences will they, will they be motivated to have in the office? What will make them jump in the car or ride the train for an hour and a half commute and actually come in when many of them could do their jobs at home, at least on many days? Mm -hmm. so, so thinking about what it, what it is that the employees will come to office for, designing the office to enable that employee experience that will enable a company to have the most flexibility, be able to pivot to, to how a worker's needs evolve and change and we move back to some kind of new steady state. Great. Well, Francisco, Darren, any closing thoughts that we have as we wrap up here? Anything that our uh, listeners organization should be aware of? The final point that, hey, if nothing else, make sure you remember the following. Uh, I guess what I, what I would suggest is uh, you talked about flexibility in, in, in the real estate strategy and the portfolio. Um, definitely take a hard look at how you can leverage technology more effectively to support uh, virtual collaboration. And it's, it's collaboration that's going to involve people working remotely, but also in the office. And how do you mesh those two things together so that you can have those two groups concurrently working together uh, effectively. Because right now, the most of the technology that's out there doesn't quite support that model just yet. Um, so, uh, you know, certainly encourage organizations to, to push technology companies and, and these collaboration software and platform providers to take it to that next level and help figure that out. Um, in the same way, I would say, um, you know, along the lines of what Darren was describing around the co-working, uh, the concept of space as a service and thinking about how uh, truly, you know, just on-demand um, space, you know, uh, needs or, or how can those be addressed as opposed to even having to make, um, you know, any long, any even a, a long-term commitment to a, a serviced office provider, right? Like you could literally, how can I, you know, have the concept of, Literally, when I you know find space when I need it where I need it, right? As to, and and it's just more of a on a subscription type basis. Trying to figure that out so that the broader community uh, can truly leverage all of these assets more effectively. Great, and Darren, I'll give you the last word. Oh, thanks, Dave. I, I would just say that in, in our careers, th this is the most exciting and interesting time in corporate real estate. We have seen a, a change cascade through every industry that is making a lot of companies reinvent how they're going to use office. And for those companies that, that do it the right way and, and start with, with the work and then figure out the, the workforce and persona issues, who will work where, and let that drive their workplace uh, and, and think about their culture and how, how culture and how much choice they're gonna give people is gonna be a, a driver here. Those companies are going to have a lot of options in front of them, options to, to reconfigure and redesign the employee experience, possibly options for cost reduction and space reduction, possibly options to, to make the office into something that it wasn't before. And that, that is a, a convener of, of innovation and collaboration. Uh, so I, I really am optimistic. I think 2021 and 2022 are really going to be fantastic years for this industry, and we look forward to being part of it. Great. Well, Darren, Francisco, I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts uh, today. And also, too, wanted to thank all our listeners for spending some time listening to our podcast. 
uh, what's next. And this was episode one of six, and we'll be bringing you more information about how to think about your return to the office and physical space post COVID-19. Thanks. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.